Hello everyone, welcome to Mouth Off. This is the third edition of the official podcast of heyyouguys.co.uk. My name is John Lyson, with me here is Dave. Hello there everybody. And uh, we're just going to take you through a few of the things that have happened this week, all the very best movie news and the things that basically have, have perked our interest. Follow us on Twitter, we're at twitter.com forward slash heyyouguysblog. Dave often tweets about what films he's watching, uh, so you can join in the discussion there. He got into a bit of trouble. Yesterday was a day, or no, was it this morning? today. I was watching a film called Slapshot, which is a film by um, Paul Newman back in, I think it was the 70s. And uh, I said on Twitter, I said, I'm watching this film and it's not Paul Newman's best. And I got ridiculed and um, smacked down by all these hot, hardcore uh, Slapshot fans who uh, I think grew up with it um, and had spent a lot of time quoting lines from that film. Much like John and I quote Goonies, they were quoting Slapshot, so I apologise to all Slapshot fans out there. I must have to watch it again, and then uh, maybe I'll learn and see, sort of find the bits I missed the first time around. So maybe, um, maybe Slapshot is the uh, is is the, like a generational thing. Maybe that's their Goonies. Yeah, it could well be. Yeah, but how many movie uh, blogs and how many um, you know podcasts are named after Slapshot quotes? I would imagine there's not that many. So I've never frankly, really heard goodness. of it before. Had you heard of it before I mentioned uh, it? Today? Not until you mentioned it today, I have to say. But I don't really want to say that in case we get many no, emails. We, yeah. <laughs> Which kind of leads me nicely on to the, uh, to the email mention. We have uh, made up um, a special email address for you. If you want to get in contact with us about the podcast, about anything that you've got to say, any comments, you can uh, email mouthoff at heyyouguys.co.uk. So, okay, let's get into it, Dave. We're going to, we're going to talk about um, some of the news uh, that's happened this week. And there's a film out based on some sort of comic book, I think. I've Dave, heard you of that. Which one's that? I think, uh, I think we're, we're abusing irony. Uh, oh, Watchmen, yeah. How could I Watch. forget? How could I forget? Absolutely. So, yeah, if you've had your eyes open at all this week, I have seen a few things going on for uh, the uh, release of Watchmen, which is um, a film by Zack Snyder based on the Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons comic book. Dave, you attended some of these events. Tell me everything. Yeah, I went to one of them. I heard it was on IESB.net, which is another movie website. I think they're based in the UK as well, actually. And they basically said the fact there was going to be this 70-foot Dr. Manhattan creature coming out of the water at the River Thames um, on Wednesday night. So I decided I'd go along and check it out um, for all the Hey You Guys viewers and um, take some photos and stuff. Now what I didn't realise was it was going to be um, zero degrees and uh, the, it said it was going to start at eight and I think I got there at about half past five so I was uh, there geeking it up with some fellow, um, some fellow Watchmen fans. Uh, in the publicity statement, it said that Doctor Manha- a seventy-foot Doctor Manhattan, was going to rise from the Thames through, you know, up into the sky and uh, the, through the murky depths and stuff. And basically, what they'd done was they rigged up this um, huge water water jet, I guess you'd call it, or water spray. It, it was seventy foot high, and then they'd project images onto it, which all sounds amazing, um, and it was quite impressive. You can check some videos out on YouTube, or if you go to Hey You Guys, um, you'll see the photos that I took there. And if you haven't seen them, they're probably worth a, a watch uh, or a look at. But the trouble was, it was so cold, and it was quite disappointing. I think if you happened to be walking past, you'd look at it and go, "That is cool," and you'd spend you know a couple of minutes looking at it, and you'd be you'd be quite impressed. But if you'd been stood there for two or three hours, like I had been, and quite a lot of other people had been it, it wasn't it wasn't amazing the one good thing that i did get out of it was i met a couple of other twitterers and movie watchman fans one guy called infidel 118i and another chap called scythor p 
P-S-Y-T-H-O-R. Um, so no, it was good that they kept me entertained and we, <laughs> I kept saying, should we huddle like penguins? But I'm glad we didn't. But um, no, it was just, it was, it was a good thing just for networking and, um, and the photos that I took came out quite well. But so actually it was worth going up there. But the whole promotion event, I'm not sure, really worked. Although it probably got quite a lot of good press. I didn't see it in the Metro or anything like that, but it probably was in there. Oh no, Dave, there was. Um, it was on one of our news channels here. They had didn't. I think. Um, I think you said that you saw the edited version of it, and it looked fantastic. Yeah. But it's not worth waiting three hours for no. just to see a kind of a spray screen thing. It's a shame because it sounds like quite a, quite a good idea and. Uh, you know they must have had a huge budget for the promotion of this film yeah, it must we, have cost a fortune. well we've also seen um we've been we've got some exclusive pictures on the site um from a company who are who are in charge of some of the promotion if you've seen any kind of graffiti um over over the city of london um it's usually got who watches the watchman or there's the comedian's smiley face um it looks pretty it looks pretty good i have to say yeah i just um, emphasize it's not graffiti it's um it's projected, projected graffiti yeah so they're not actually going around with spray cans and stuff and and uh, wrecking london they're, they're they're projecting these that uh... would be cool i have to say that's dedication <laughs> to your cause isn't it but no it, it it looks actually quite fantastic and we've got um we've got things uh, images on the website is that right dave yeah the company that did it was called ministry of experience and they have been sending us some exclusive images so they've been dotted around london paid paid by the Watchmen production team to uh to go around and basically advertise Watchmen in these funny ways and it's brilliant if you haven't seen the images go on the site and check them out because um, because they've they've really gone to town and they they're in they've shown some in Covent Garden and Farringdon and places like that so um, yeah and thanks very much to them for sending us the images so that we could put them on the site uh, there's also a video that they've produced on the site as well that it promotes the premiere that they they did so they were responsible for all the projected all the projections at the uh, world premiere of Watchmen as well Dave what I've noticed from this is that this is not just any ordinary film launch this is enormous I've never seen anything like this I think you know so many different types of promotion metro which is a free newspaper which people uh, in london get every day they had a wraparound is that right yeah was, uh... they, they actually created a i've got it here actually they created a whole watchman's um so literally the whole cover of the metro was advertising watchman so it says public enemy number one new frontiersman on the front uh, and it's it's this wraparound that goes right around the paper and they've really gone to town it must have cost an absolute fortune to do but it's all this sort of viral marketing that seems to work now so I, we, <laughs> because we haven't seen the film yet we, we don't know if, uh, if if all this hype is going to live up to the film but um that's for something that you guys can tell us i guess if you have seen it and you want to let us know about it, then do um, do send an email to mouthofheyyouguys.co.uk. Dave and I are actually going to go and see this in the IMAX in two weeks. Yeah, which and feels like ages be, away. Yeah, it's going to be a long, long two weeks. But the good thing is um, is that it's getting kind of good reviews so far, and I'm I'm actually very hopeful for it. One of the contributors to the site, he saw it. Saki was uh, is his name. He saw it yesterday at the IMAX, and he loved it. So you know that's a, that, that's a definite plus for us. One of our one of our side contributors likes it, so so that's good. I've got I've got high hopes for it. I really do. I have too. Um, that leads us nicely on to John. Actually, um, you you put a post up about Alan Moore this week, and uh, I'll just put one up today as well um, about what he thinks of this of all his novels being turned into these gigantic Hollywood blockbusters. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, the um, the interview that I put up was um, from a newspaper called The Observer, and it was. It was just talking to Alan Moore, not specifically about Watchmen, but also about, you know, kind of the work that he's done and how it's been used and how it's been adapted. I don't know, Dave, if you've 
seen many of the adaptations of, of Alan Moore's work, but you can, you can run down a fairly turgid list. Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was his, uh, From Hell was also his, V Vendetta, which I didn't think was too bad, but uh, reading the the original source material is just totally different experience. And I think Alan Moore is kind of wisely stepping back, as he always has done, because, you know, his, his style of, of creating these worlds and, and, and these stories is, is deliberately not, filmic it's um it's using you know the the form of the comic book as it's meant to be used you can't use his uh his 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 panels um and his and his stories uh in the way that they're set down in the comic book as storyboards for films that just doesn't work um there's a specific medium for that and that is the comic book and they've all they've found their medium um from hell just borrowed the name and a few characters obviously it's based on a you know a real uh, a real story uh, but the comic book and the film differ in so many ways. Likewise with League for Extraordinary Gentlemen, that's just a farce. I've and... seen the film that, and I quite enjoyed it. I think I was probably about 16 or something like that when it came out, and I, I just enjoyed it as a film, and I wasn't into all these sort of graphic novels, so I, as a film I quite enjoyed it. But then from listening to all this stuff now, 10 years later, it just seems that it's, people just took these adaptations and then sort of wrecked his work and just completely ignored most of it. I, I enjoyed Viva Vendetta before I'd read the uh, before I'd read the the, the, the comic book, and uh, I guess that if you can see it as a film and and enjoy it, then that's great. But because you've already got the source material to go back and and have a look at, you know what I mean? They 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 can exist quite nicely because they're so different. You know, I think that what Alan Moore is kind of worried about is that people are going to look at From Hell the film or Viva Vendetta the film and think. Right. Well, I, you know, that's why Alan Moore is. Whereas it's in in reality, the truth is so different. Uh, it's so much more complex and dark and 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 disturbing and you know, magical, mystical. There's so many things that he brings to it. And frankly, the films just don't do it justice. But I mean, having having said all that, the the interview is is pretty good. Now I can't wait to see what you put up, Dave. You know, just to get it directly from Alan Moore himself, because I don't think he ever watches. The adaptations of his films. No, he uh, said sorry, in, yeah. in the. So I've put a video up. There's a bit of a program that was on last night that talks about. Uh, there was an interview with him, and I've just put it up today. I'm linking from YouTube, but um, he says that he was so disappointed with what they did to his films that he's actually requested that they take his name off of anything to do with the work because the whole point of his novels was that it wasn't ever supposed to be turned into a film. It should be unfilmable. Was where he's. I think to quote him, um, which you also wrote in your um, in your post, didn't you, John? Well, there was um, the uh, the twenty year history of the uh, sort of turbulent adaptation process for Watchmen, which is actually really worth looking into to see how people have tried to take such a complex narrative as as, as Watchmen and turn it into a two hour film, as it has been turned into now. So many directors, so many good directors have been have been involved with it. Two that stand out for me were Paul Greengrass yeah. um, was going to do it, and also I think before him Terry Gilliam. Yeah, they and were. It, it was Gilliam who who kind of talked to Alan Moore about it and said, "How would you do it?" Moore said, "I wouldn't. It's you know." And then he agreed that it's unfilmable. I don't think it is unfilmable in the sense that you can take bits and make it into a fairly linear story. You know, cutting out a lot of the narrative, cutting out a lot of the um, complexity, and you can make a film. You know, a, a, about Watchmen, which is what they've done, but it will never be as sort of complex and as and as interesting as the comic book but that's fine because i hear that the sales of the comic book have just shot through the roof and that can't be a bad thing yeah his house in northampton is probably gonna have an extension on it now isn't it i wouldn't have thought I wouldn't no, he, no he, he doesn't get any money from it oh, um, he, he gets money from the books but he doesn't get any money from the actually i don't think he gets much money from the books 
I think that there was a deal that was made very early on, and they get pretty much nothing for it. So, and he lets all of the the, the the film adaptation money go to the artists, which is fair enough because some of the artists' work is just phenomenal. If you haven't read from Hell, there's the guy called Eddie Campbell who has um, who did the illustrations for it, and it just looks sick in you know in a really good way. So <laughs> do do check it out. I seriously, it's just horrible and gritty and sketchy and you know nasty. It's it, but it's perfect for what he's done. So anyway, we're kind of veering massively. Let me off let, track let me just here. ask one question though. Right, I haven't read Watchmen the graphic novel. Now, I mean, I've got two weeks until we're going to see this film. John and listeners, should I read the graphic novel before we go and see it, or should I go and see Watchmen as a film and not as a book? See, I'm going to let the silence following that speak for itself. I'm not going to answer you that. I think you kind of know where I would stand on this anyway, but those, for those of you who are listening and you have read Watchmen uh, and are going to go and see the film, or for those of you who haven't seen it and have deliberately avoided it, let us know what you think, because you know Dave's Watchmen going experience is in your hands now. Okay. It's down to you, people. It is absolutely right. Okay, let's uh, let let's move on. Watchmen is out virtually everywhere. I'm surprised they're not showing it, you know, um, on seventy foot screens made of water, but they're clearly not because it was pants. Um, <laughs> do go and check it out. Let us know what you think of it. This is probably one of the biggest films this year, and uh, you know, I would be very interested to hear what, what people have to say about it. So do write in. That's right. Um, now, one of the, this may be one of the biggest films of the year. There's two others. One of them is Transformers. We're not going to talk about it today. The other, Star Trek. And how cool is that new trailer? If people listening, if you haven't seen the new trailer which came out yesterday in high definition, go to heyyouguys.co.uk, check it out there. It's it's unbelievable. If you've seen it in standard definition, go to the site anyway and check out the high definition because it, oh man, I just May is too far away. May's too far away. But how cool is it? I mean, I, I I've seen the first trailer and there was a teaser trailer before that. Um, I didn't know what to think about the the update. I'm not a Star Trek fan. I enjoy some of it and it's great. But when I saw this trailer, I thought for, I thought first of all, it looks complete. You know what I mean? It looks like yeah. they've got something totally right here. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, um, if if you've got any worries about you know your favourite characters or anything, this is going to blow them out of the water. I think because they all look like they're correct and that they should be there. You and say that, I'm how... a bit worried about Simon Pegg. No, I don't think he's going to be in it that much to worry about. I don't it. either. Got... I think in the trailer they they've hardly put him in there. I think he's the comedy sort of act, yeah. the comedy he's side. Comedy, that, comedy relief, yeah, isn't he? I'm worried that 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 bit of it might spoil the film and that they don't need it. Um, but I, I love I Simon Pegg. Don't get me wrong, but I'm worried that it might mar the film somewhat. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that certain 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 casting decisions were were pretty inspired. I mean, I've not seen many of the of, of, of the actors. Uh, in in other things, Carl Urban, of course, has been who's um, who's Doctor McCoy. He was in Lord of the Rings, and I think he was in Doom. So it's not like you know he's kind of had a really odd career trajectory. But I don't know who's playing Kirk. I don't know what, what you know what other films he's been in. Um, you've got the guy from Heroes playing Spock, which looks great. But you know, is he going to be able to carry it off? To be honest with you, big space battles, lots of things going boom. That's you know, and it looks so cool. Yeah, the chap playing Kirk is called Chris Pine, and you've got Zachary Quinto as Spock. Eric yeah, Banner yeah. is obviously going to be the baddie as Nero in the film, and yeah, uh, Winona Ryder's in it. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's Spock's mum, isn't she? Oh, okay. Obviously, I don't know why. It's meant to be obvious, but I don't. Well, Spock. unless Spock's mum's called Amanda, then I don't, I'm not sure she is, because <laughs> that's the name of her character in the film. So maybe that's a, oh, maybe, maybe that's a, uh, a Vulcan name, Amanda. I, I'm not sure. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's a big spoiler. I'm not sure you're, wrong, you're right on that one. Anyway, but I mean, do check out the trailer. It looks, it looks awesome. It looks fantastic. And I think this is going to be the other big film of the year. Absolutely. That and Transformers. Mm, Transformers, I'm still, no, uh, you know. In a rock. Is it going to be that much better, you know, better than the first film? If it's uh, as good, I'll be happy. Okay, but put it this way: you've got um, you've got Watchmen, which is a a it's been coming to the coming to the, you know cinema screens for nearly twenty years. You've got Star Trek, which is a you know a huge franchise, and it's being totally rebooted by J.J. Abrams. So that's another big you know reason to watch it. Transformers is a sequel to a big robot film. I don't think people are going to be as hyped about it. Maybe, although if you look on movie blogs, people those are the three films people are talking about. Um, just going back to Watchmen slightly, the Secret Cinema. Who, if you haven't heard. Uh, in fact, can we talk about this, or is it that secret? They they showed Watchmen um, on Thursday as a preview. <laughs> I think we can talk about so, it. Yeah. Uh, I think if it's happened, it's safe. But they, uh, yeah. So if if you were there, let us know what it was like, because um, it sounds like it. I've never been to one of these secret cinema gigs, but it's, I think they're well worth going to. Yeah, um, um, one of the people who contributes to the site, I think um, I think she goes quite often and and loves it. So you know, good for them. Yeah, cool. Let's move on, John. Okay, with well, the next bit of news that came out this week was a bit of um, casting news for something that I didn't even know was uh, was uh, on the cards. Eddie Murphy is going to star as uh, as his idol Richard Pryor in uh, a biopic called "Is It Something I Said?" And I'm I'm pleased that this, this happened. I'm still not sure about Eddie Murphy as Richard Pryor, but I'm pleased that uh, that Richard Pryor's you know life and work is going to be you know pushed back out to the general public. I did do a post on this on the site. And, you know, it was a great bit of news because it reminded me of, uh, of, of Richard Pryor and all the great work that he's done. Um, in fact, Dave, one of the very first conversations we ever had was about Bruce's Millions. Bruce's Millions, people, if you haven't seen it, is a classic film. I've got two favourite Richard Pryor films. One is Bruce's Millions and the other one is a film that I don't know anyone else has seen and it's called Moving. Bruce's Millions is about a man that he's basically thrown into a game where his rich uncle leaves him 30 million dollars and if he can spend the 30 million dollars in 30 days and have no assets and nothing to show for his money he'll get i think it's, it's a billion or something it's, it's an awful lot more 300 million is something like that um, and moving is a film about a normal suburban family in america uh richard Pryor plays the dad of that family and it's about their moving house and uh it's all this funny goings on it's, it's if you haven't seen it i don't know any way you can get it on dvd actually i don't think it's out um but you can definitely get it on uh, vhs if anyone's got a vhs player but um, otherwise <laughs> i think yeah. i do have a copy somewhere um but no check it out if you can get it anywhere it's probably available in america i don't think it's out over here because but like i was saying i don't know anyone else that's ever seen it if you have yeah. seen it write in people mouth off at heyyouguys.co.uk and and it is worth checking out because they that was one of the films that you you go to me to watch and and thank you for that because I really enjoyed it and uh, and and likewise Bruce's Millions is just a fantastic film you must you must must see it because it's it's just brilliant yeah you're not wrong John Richard Pryor is a legend and um, he's made some seriously good films um, here we've got a clip of a film called Stir Crazy which features Richard Pryor um, and it also features Gene Wilder um, in this scene Richard Pryor's in a hospital and he's just met another of the inmates. What you in for, brother? Huh? There's got to be some kind of confusion. They said my appendix grew back, but I, I had to take it out years ago. What about you? I came in for a hernia operation. They cut off one of my nuts by mistake. Say what? They said I didn't need it anymore. Now I can't eat. I don't sleep. I ain't got no enthusiasm. I don't write my woman no more. 
I'm supposed to get out next year, but I don't care whether I do or don't. She'll take it calm. Ain't nothing I can do about it now. But look, they got this Korean doctor just set foot in this country. Make sure you don't get him. That's right. He's the one made the mistake on me. Korean. <laughs> What's the matter with him? Oh, man, that's just Johnson. He's on a hunger strike, so they're force-feeding him to keep him alive. God. There is some humanity in this place. They're going to electrocute him next month. Mr. Fraser? How do you go? I mean, Richard Pryor's career, uh, in, in film particularly, it was kind of an uneven one because you've got you know, your Bruce Williams. You, you have his stuff with Gene Wilder, which was, which was just fantastic, but then you have odd things like... Superman 3, um, which even though I loved it as a kid, apart from the, the the woman going into the computer and being, you know, trapped by all the wires and then <laughs> turning into like a robot thing, I swear to you, that freaked me out so much. Oh my God, I can still see it in my mind's eye and I'm back in the cinema cacking myself because it's just so terrifying. Anyway, so yeah, um, Superman 3, he was in that and it was a bit of an odd film, but he did so much more and I hope that on the, on, on the back of this uh, biopic, when it comes out, they're going to sort of start re-releasing a lot of his stuff because his TV specials are fantastic. His contribution to comedy it just can't cannot be understated. So, um, so I'm, I'm I'm hopeful for it. Dave, what do you reckon about it? Yeah, I'd like to get Richard Pryor in the forefront because do you know what? There's a lot of people out there that don't really know who he is. And I think that's just because he did get ill mm. quite a long time ago, and he was ill. Didn't he have Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or something? I think he had he MS, and there was about MS, ten. Yeah. God, yeah, about 10, 15 years ago. So, I mean, what, so it's been a long time since he actually did since he did any films or anything. And so they're all sort of eighties um, or seventies films, I expect. And so there's a lot of people out there that haven't seen him, and uh, that you know, it's good. It, like you say, hopefully it'll boost the publicity of the films that he has done in the past, like uh, Hear No Evil, See No Evil, or is it See No Evil, Hear No Evil? I think it's it's, it's either one of those. One of them. One of Gene Wilder, um, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's it's brilliant. It is. I mean, the, the, I, I think one of the worst things that could happen is you have someone saying, ah, you, you have someone who, who sees this Eddie Murphy thing, like a trailer for it, and says, that's the guy who was in Superman 3. <laughs> Why are they making a biopic of him? Yeah. Whereas, you know, he was in, obviously he was in other films, but it's more the, the, the stuff before that, you know, like the, the, uh, the American comedy specials that he did that, that really, you know, raised the profile. That's where he became famous, so, really, wasn't it? But yeah, absolutely. And, and it's filthy stuff. He was one of the, you know, um, you know, main main influential comedians, along with people like George Carlin and Bill Hicks, who are both dead, which is just you know tragic. They were just amazingly funny people, and hope you know people will see this, and in the film they will they will have some of this stuff. You know, with Eddie Murphy doing it, and people will know you know more about him because it's really strange. Um, he did have MS. He was in his wheelchair, um, and he appeared in in Lost Highway in, in you know the David Lynch film. Um, he had a very very small part in that, and he was you know he was playing this guy. Was, yeah. yeah, he was in '97, and he was he was playing a guy. I can't remember what part. Of, I think he was in some sort of he garage, and he was yeah, absolutely yeah. And he was in his wheelchair, and you could see that the you know the effect that the disease had had on him, and it was just tragic because this guy in the, especially in the US TV specials, he was just so full of energy and full of anger a lot of the time, but it was just so brilliantly funny. So. Um, I'm still not sure if Eddie Murphy is the right guy. We had a comment on on the post that I made on on Hey You Guys about this. Um, uh, when I because I, I talked about Eddie Murphy and is he the right person? Can he carry it off? This is a big responsibility uh, for him because he loved Richard Pryor. The guy who commented was called uh, Bajan One, and he was talking about uh, Eddie Murphy's girl, uh, role in Dreamgirls, which I've not seen. Dave, have you seen that? I haven't. That was you know meant to be fantastic, and that's kind of what people are saying. 
um, is going to is is, is going to be his uh, you know his best performance or the best indicator of how he's going to be in this film. So anyway, I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, you can obviously read all the news, all the updates uh, on the site as we get them. Cool, thanks, John. Um, as you'll also see on the site, everybody, that we we keep having these remakes, and we mentioned it last week in Mouth Off episode two. Every week we seem to we get out of bed. Check her email. This is what I do. Check on the. This, old... is, this is not the royal way you understand. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. This is this is day movie geek. Movie geeks day. Uh, gets out of bed. Checks uh, Google RSS reader to find out what the news is. And pretty much every day it's a new remake. And John, I think you put a post up about the new. Uh, they're going to remake Nightmare on Elm Street, and it, it's going to it's due out 2010. I think I read. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's a remake or a reboot or a rehash or a reimagining or a re whatever. It's just someone using the name and using the images and the iconic um you know sort of horror figure of freddy krueger to make some to make some money because if this they is... did if they did it as the numbers go which number would this be because haven't there been sort of four or five of them so far i think i'm not sure if there were four or five but i think there's been maybe you're right actually. Do you know maybe... what i'm looking at imdb and from the look of it there have been seven and does that include Freddy versus Jason? No, that was... doesn't include Fre- Freddy versus Jason. They in brackets. Oh, that's true. AKA Nightmare on Elm Street Part Eight. That would that would be called. But it was actually called Freddy versus Jason, which was uh, Friday the Thirteenth versus Nightmare on Elm Street, basically. Yeah, which is another uh, completely weird one. I mean, that's that's almost a point. When when I first you know heard heard this news, it, it kind of just washes over you now because you think this is going to be another you know, boring remake, um, you know, trying to recapture something. This one's slightly different, though, and this is what I mentioned in the post. Nightmare on Elm Street was, was Wes Craven, and he, he created this, this iconic figure. I remember in the 80s, Freddy was everywhere. You know, he was, he was the main horror icon. Mm. You know, I, and I mentioned in the post having these sort of kids' version of his, you know, of his sort of razor fingers. You know, you could buy little gloves, you know, that have plastic blades, which is insane. How come that didn't turn out to be crazy? <laughs> But you know what I mean. So you know, he was everywhere. He was one of the you know biggest horror horror stars in in the eighties. And as the sequels went on, you know, they they did beat it to death. They then resurrected it by kind of voodoo, and then they beat it to death all over again. And then buried it, and that's where it's laying right now. It seems to me that because Wes Craven tried to do something similar, sorry, he tried to do something different when he did New Nightmares. Dave, have you ever seen the new Nightmares film? I haven't. It's it's really fantastic. It's it's a precursor to the um to the to the Scream trilogy, uh, which which he did. It's a really interesting look about child stars appearing in horror films and how it affects them later. It's a real it's it's almost like the first postmodern peak at um at the horror film. What's what he did with Scream was to look at the conventions of the of the slash film which he helped create and then you know turn them on their head almost a little bit and say that hey, look everybody knows there's going to be teenage uh, americans and there's going to be lots of you know blood and sex and gore and all the rest of it and you know you can almost pick out the people and you know what's going to happen to them these rules are written down and and every you know bad sequel and every sort of terrible 80s slasher flick um followed them religiously almost uh scream then you know sort of exposed them we took a look we took a laugh at it we used them and then and then that was all fun but the point is that now we seem to be going back to um to the ways of the 80s you know there's the, there's no irony involved here there's no postmodernism involved in here we haven't moved on we've just regressed you know the hills have eyes is, is another example which is another Wes craven film that was also you know, remade we could talk about you know many of the horror remakes that that have been out recently but it seems to me the friday the 13th one in particular they may be good films but they're not doing anything new with the genre 
whereas Scream at least tries to do something a little different. And I'm just, I, I, you know, I can see this already. You're going to have the Freddy, you know, silhouette, the Freddy icon all over it. And it's just going to be exactly the same as the first, you know, maybe the first couple of uh, Freddy films. There's going to be nothing new. Mm. I'm not really sure what to say because I, when I grew up in, uh, I was born in 1980, so I was four when the first film came out. And Did I you never... see it then? <laughs> yeah, and my, my, my dad, he was great. He took me along to our local <laughs> multiplex, of which there was probably one screen. There was Bambi in one screen, you had Snow White in the other. Nightmare on Elm Street, we went into it. It was, you know, I, I haven't haven't slept since, but um, it's meant like a blog, so it's all, it's all worked out nicely. Yeah, no, so anyway, sorry, going back. My point is that I never really watched it. I've, I've seen Freddy vs. Jason, and I'm sure I've seen some of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, but I've never been that into any of them really he's all i ever saw was this scary guy with this sort of burnt skin and these two claws and i uh, when i was little i stayed away from that it, was, it scared me so no quite right quite right but i mean at least the original one had some had some decent ideas do you know what i mean and yeah. um it, it was did it johnny just, depp in the first one johnny depp was in the first yeah. one the way that he died was really original and really odd and in some ways um represents the best of white night right now Street was a bit different was a bit unusual because of course freddie can go inside your dreams and kill you there and um which means that you're never safe it's 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 really quite imaginative um i just i just can't see the you know the new film being anything different and it's just a real shame because you know there are so many you know possibilities out there and let's not have another you know another rehashed uh, you know Frankenstein of the film. Who's directing this one? Does, is there a director yet? Uh, it's Joe. Who cares? I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not trying to you know be bad or anything. But it's but... not Wes Craven, though. I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, no. I really think he's got better things to do than sort of you know uh, try and put ten thousand volts through like an old corpse of his. I think it's he just has got better things to do. We, we follow him on Twitter. Everybody, you can uh, follow. You can follow us on Twitter at Hey You Guys Blog. Uh, Wes Craven is called Wes Craven. Funnily enough, so. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure we're going to be talking about yet another remake uh, happening next week. Um, Dave, that pretty much wraps things up. We have one thing to mention. Do you want to say anything about it, Dave? Yeah, this was a great idea that John's come out with. Um, and I think it's been a boyhood dream of John's and his friend Saki that when they grew up, one day they would hire out an entire cinema uh, and show a film that they wanted to watch. And they've come up with this idea. I think it's a brilliant idea and I'd love to do it. Um, but we're basically, we're appealing to anyone that knows anyone or has contacts with anyone or is a media agent or anything that thinks they could help us uh, live this dream so the basic idea is that we hire out a cinema um, we probably show an 80s film we haven't decided what yet um, but we'll get our thinking caps on with that and yeah we just basically want to um, promote that we need a cinema that holds a certain amount of seats you know we don't know how many yet but again if anyone's uh, got experience with that sort of thing that'd be great so john am i right in what i've said there you're exactly right and i think it's, it's going to be a fantastic event if it gets off the ground we're, we're thinking about hopefully doing uh, you know a double screening one with a film in the 80s and then maybe like a, a newer film or something that has some connection with the, with the 80s film. It would be just the most fantastic thing to do. Um, and we've started looking for that at cinemas. We'd just like to know if there's anyone out there who um, is either interested in, in turning up or helping out in any way, or a, anyone who's done this before with the, with the, you know with their own with their own people. Just let us know. That'd be fantastic. But do keep checking the site because this is something that we're going to do, and we will be uh, updating you. So we want to get like a cinema full of 80s films geeks. And yeah, and just go crazy. Yeah, crazy. All, all people that have never seen these '80s films. So I'm sure there's people out there that have never seen films like Ghostbusters, for example. And uh, you know what you're playing at? Oh man, that's just crazy. <laughs> How can you exactly? Go on? You know, stop, first of all, stop listening. Yeah. Second of all, go and get go and get Ghostbusters and watch it, and then come know? back and listen again. 
then come back and listen again and tell us what you think because yeah, you know the, the, the whole point about us doing this we're just shouting in, in, into the void if, if people don't write back so you know so do, do send us comments about what you want to see on the site about what you want to hear about on the podcast because we're here for you we love film and we'll be doing this anyway but it'd be really nice if you uh, if, if you got involved so you can follow the site it's uh, heyyouguys.co.uk uh, twitter at uh, heyyouguysblog and also mouthoff at heyyouguys.co.uk so Dave, is that it? Are we done? Yeah, I think we are. So thanks everyone for listening to our third episode. I hope you're enjoying them. Um, if you've got any comments about how you know you want us to, if you, things you want us to include, then please uh, email us in at the address that John's just said. Thanks for listening. This is Dave signing off. And this is John saying thanks very much for listening to HeyYouGuys.co.uk podcast. Mouth off. And remember, next time you're in a restaurant. What do you want? Lots of water. Four waters. Is that all? No. I want the Villa Scalapini. I want a Chimney Alfredo. A bottle of Villachina in 1981. The only thing we serve is tongue. You boys like tongue?